Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Case File 17 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode, we're investigating a quest to find one of the most revered and elusive treasures in history as we go on a hunt for the Holy Grail. Believed to be the chalice that Christ used during the Last Supper, the Holy Grail has been a closely guarded relic said to have been protected for centuries by the mysterious Knights Templar. It hasn't been seen in public for thousands of years, but that all changed a couple of months ago when it apparently turned up in a village pub in Sussex. I phoned up Tony Danler, a regular drinker at the pub, and an individual who has not only laid eyes on the Holy Grail, but someone who actually held it in his hands. Unfortunately, after a heavy night of boozing, Tony managed to lose it in a field on the way home. I spoke to Tony about what followed and his incredible quest to try and re-find the Grail. But the recording starts with me asking Tony how often he visits the pub. I drink every day that has the letter D in it. Now, right, you tell me what that means. Wednesday. Yeah, and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday afternoons. Oh, I've just realised the word day. I was I was thinking about the, the letters at the start of the word. <laughs> so like I, a fucking idiot. I, I did wonder what you were playing, I have to admit. But uh, no, I do like a drink, uh, to answer your question. And do you have a, a core group of, of people you drink with? Well, I don't have a core group of people. I have a core group of tables. So it depends who sat on them, really. I have a certain chair that I like to sit on, and whoever's there, they are my company. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, I meet a lot of interesting people. What sort of people have you met over the years? I met a child illustrationist. Right, I think we have to we have to clarify: is that someone who draws illustrations for children, or someone who is an il- illustrator who is a child? It's going to be both, isn't it? It is both, and uh, he is a wonderful young man. Obviously, why has- is he in a pub? He has an orange juice, and I, I don't know how he gets there. He can drive, apparently. Well, this is like a, a pub out on the outskirts of a village. Yes, I live. I live on the outskirts of a village, and the pub is on the outskirt of the outskirt of the village. Right. You've got about ten regulars that go in there, and I'm one of them. And uh, what's the pub called? Uh, it's called the Jim Field. The Jim Field. Jim Field. What's that named after? Well, basically, it's a it's a funny old story. Um, in 1939, World War Two was ravaging, and uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but gyms all across the country shut. Down. Everyone said, right, everyone who's been working out, you need to work out in the fields of France and later on Stalingrad. So it's not gym as if in someone's name, it's G-Y-M as if in the, the place you go to do exercise. The gym field, correcto, yeah. <laughs> so you're there with the uh, the nine other regulars. Uh, do you get on well with them? You sort of keep yourself to yourself? As you said, it sort of depends on who sits on your table. 
it really does depend who sits on my table. Uh, let me let me take you through it. I get on with the landlord, get on with the landlord's wife. I do not get on with anyone who has an umbrella or has a voice louder than, I'd say, 3 dB. <laughs> really? How do you calibrate that? I've got a small uh, device, I think it's called a device, that I have in my pocket, my breast pocket. And, uh, you know, if anyone laughs a bit too loud, the thing goes absolutely wild. It makes a noise itself. It sends out an alarm. It makes a noise if it hears a sound over 3 dB. It, this thing goes absolutely mad. What, out loud? Yes, yes. So does it not hear that? Uh, well, the, I've got another device, which is in my right-hand pocket. Uh, now, that one detects anything over 5 dB. Yeah, what is, right, and what happens then? So that thing goes absolutely insane. That, really, that thing really does go mad. So the moment someone talks loudly in the pub, you've got one thing beeping off in your left-hand pocket and another thing in your right-hand pocket going equally mental. I've got a 3dB in my left, then the 5dB yeah, I think we've got in them. my pocket goes insane. I've, uh, I've got them, uh, you know, just in, in, you know, in line with each other, in sync with each other, and then that gets me dancing. So I dance around the pub and um, I basically have a word with whoever's laughing or talking a bit too loud. The reason you've got in touch with the programme is because, well, I don't know how best to describe it, you were served quite a famous historical object a few months ago. How would you describe it? I, again, I, I, I was getting completely annihilated uh, in my local, the, the gym field. You know, I needed to order something, so I got a pack of cheese and onion crisps to sober me up. Anyway, these crisps arrived in a kind of, uh, well, imagine like a Tupperware bowl, but on a kind of plinth. Yeah. And I, uh, I just ate these crisps, and uh, you know the, all that dust at the bottom of uh, a crisp bowl. Sure, I was, I was licking that, and I don't know if you've ever licked cheese and onion dust off what sounds like the Holy Grail. Well, I didn't know it was the Holy Grail at the time. Like I said, it looks like a, a, a Tupperware bowl on a plinth, a goblet, uh, a goblet. Yeah, well, you could call it a goblet, but to me, it looked like. a Tupperware bowl on a plinth. A goblet. So I uh, I licked the cheese and onion dust off this and I felt fantastic. So I, I said to the landlord, like I said, a good friend of mine, I said, I've, I've really taken a shine to this uh, this uh, Tupperware box. He said, it, it's a goblet. I went, well, you call it what you want, but to me, it's a lovely Tupperware yeah, box. Yeah, I, I think I've got call a veto on this right now. Okay, it's just that it's the Holy Grail from now on. So he said, right, well, that's a very important Holy Grail. And, you know, like I said, I was absolutely ten sheets to the wind. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, you can take it home with you as long as you bring it back tomorrow. So I thought, yeah, why not? I took what can only be described as a... Holy Grail. I took it home with me. But when I arrived home, my pockets were empty. My hands were empty. I had taken a route across what is now known as the gym field. And it must have got lost in the mud or something. Because when I got home, I collapsed. I woke up the next morning, hang over to hell. And I couldn't find what was as you describe it, but not as I would describe it at the time. Later did I know, the Holy Grail. And you think, what, you'd lost it in the mud of the field on your way home? Or do you think someone else took it? What what was going through your mind? Well, I thought... Or were you just too hungover to care? Well, no, I mean, like I said to you, I thought it didn't look much. I thought I could knock it up, take it back, and he won't know the difference. (laughs) So you you tried to replicate it? Yeah, and like I said, I thought it was a bit of Tupperware. So I got a bit of Tupperware out the, 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 uh, the, the cupboard. I made a plinth out of a toilet roll, cardboard, brought it in and said, uh, thanks for letting me have that. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful night. 
And he went, what the fuck is that? And I said, don't use language like that to me. I spent £300 in here last night. Uh, he went, look, that's not the Holy Grail. That thing was drunk by Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a Tupperware box on the toilet roll. Where the hell is it? You know, <laughs> I'm so hungover at this point. So I went, look, I'm sorry. I'll go get it. I must have picked up the wrong one in my kitchen. So retrace my steps. Search for the Holy Grail. Just before we get onto the, the, the quest to try and find it, if the landlord was aware of its value and its importance, why did he let you, A, take it home with you, and B, was he serving crisps in it? Uh, he was absolutely twatted at the time. This is the joy of this pub. I call him the landlord, but there's no difference between him and me. The only thing is that he's on that side of the bar. Yes, and he owns the pub. He owns the pub and he takes my money. But apart from that, he's just like me. Now, I was talking to his wife. Like I said, I'd get on with them at the time. I I stood outside the pub and I was really hungover. And I thought, where the hell am I going to get another Holy Grail? I see his wife and I said, why the bloody hell did your husband give me those crisps in what is apparently this, you know, incredible artefact? And uh, she, <laughs> she couldn't answer that. She was, you know, <laughs> Could she, she not? She just shrugged her shoulders and went, you know him, and got in her car. So I was in a real bind. I really, I was in such trouble because I googled Holy Grail and my God, have you heard of this thing? <laughs> that is not something you want to just lose. No. So I... So you're there in the mud trying to find it, trying to retrace your steps. I had to make friends with one of these blokes who've got a dog. And I, uh, I went up to him. Uh, his name was Charlie. And I said, look, I need to borrow your dog. I said, can your dog smell cheese and onion crisps? Guess it's quite easy for a dog to sniff that out. So I got a bag of uh, crisps. I put them on the floor. Right, what flavour were they? They were salt and vinegar, sadly, because I didn't realise, uh, you know, they changed from blue to green. I don't know. I've never been able to keep up with that. I think most packets have cheese and onion as green, apart from Walkers or Lay's, which for some reason is the other way around. Yes, but, um, and uh, you'll like this, there is a huge crisp factory behind uh, behind the gym field. Right. Uh, which produces its own crisps. And uh, they have gone absolutely bananas with the colours. You know, ready salted is purple. Cheese and onion is uh, the flag of Papua New Guinea. Yeah, so you're you're basically you're trying to get this dog to sniff out the smell of cheese and onion crisps in the hope of finding the Holy Grail. You think you've lost it in a muddy field that's next to this pub, the gym field where you're drinking at, and also somewhat beyond that, there's this massive crisp factory in the village. Yes, this dog, right, I'm, so basically I'm on its back because I need to get there quick. It had picked up the scent of this smell. He's picked something up, this guy. Anyway, we, of course, run into the crisp factory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. The, 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 not, nothing but a massive smell of crisps coming from there. A word of bloody advice. If there's anyone out there listening, do not get a sniffer dog to sniff something out when there is a factory s- making the stuff about <laughs> yeah. 10 metres away. Absolute disaster. So you're on the back of this dog's back, riding it like a little horse, and you just, what, burst through reception, people trying to, you know, flag you down, excuse me, you're just, what, out of the production line? Yeah, well, the thing is, no one really stops a grown man on the back of a uh, Jack Russell, because they can't really work out what they're seeing, you know? They're not trained for that. They just stand back and, you know, anyway, this dog runs straight up to the cheese and onion floor. (laughs) The cheese and onion floor? Yeah, and there is the boss of cheese and onion flavour, Mr Ling. We burst into his office and he stood there and he's like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, look, 
Ignore the dog and ignore me. I'm looking for the Holy Grail. That's when he called security. I don't, I don't want to delve too much into the organisational structure of a crisp factory, but flavours have their own managers. Yes, and salt and vinegar is on the ground floor. Uh, cheese and onion is floor two. And then, uh, you know, prawn cocktail, that's number three. And they all meet up every week. And, you know, it's competitive. It's really, really competitive. <laughs> yeah. So your initial quest to try and find the Holy Grail has hit a bit of a bumpy start. What do you do next? Well, I said, Mr Lee, you're a clever man. You know what cheese and onion smells like, don't you? And he went, it's my life. And I said, yes, it is, Mr Lee. I've got a bit of a problem. He said, sit down, sit down. I said, right, I got absolutely twatted last night. Someone lent me the Holy Grail. I've dropped it in that field over there. And I pointed out of his window. And I said, the only way I'm going to find it is that it smells of cheese and onion crisps. Do you have anything... That could uh, help me smell it. He looked out of his uh, other window that looked over the factory floor and he went, will 300 people do? Everyone there working on the uh, chip floor factory all looked over and said, we'll help you. So... Right, what are you talking about? What is their role? (laughs) What is their role in the business? They've developed superhuman smell for a particular flavour. So you you all traipse out of the building... Sniff, sniff, sniff. I took 300 employees from the cheese and onion floor down to the field. They all got in a line on their hands and knees, and we we then walked across the field and tried to find the Holy Grail. And what is this field? Just remind me, this is just a a, a common that everyone can walk across in the village? Does it belong to a farmer? Does it have any particular purpose? It's a completely normal field, uh, but the A1 does go through it. Right. So there is a huge motorway that, uh, and we did lose a few employees, uh, which was, uh, well, they weren't looking, quite frankly. They were on their hands and knees. Well, yeah, they were too busy invested in smelling... Uh, Cheese you know. and onion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't write this stuff. I don't think you would. <laughs> You're there in the field trying to find, for God's sake, the smell of these cheese and onion crisps, the debris left over from the Holy Grail. Yeah. So do you walk across, do you walk across the A1 to get to your house? Yes. Right. Yes, I do. And, uh, well, this is the thing. This is the thing. I remembered that on the A1 that goes through the field, Mm. There is a CCTV camera. To track traffic and whatnot. Yes. So I thought if I can get hold of that footage, I could at least work out whether I was carrying it across the road or not. Gotcha. So I called the council and they sent me, uh, uh, you know, the footage. (laughs) Simple as that. I've lost my precious magical goblet. Could you send me the footage from this particular motorway camera on this particular day? Yeah, yeah, I sent that to them and they sent it to me. Now... Have have you ever seen footage of yourself drunk? Not really, no. Not on CCTV. And and, and, and crucially, I want to stress this, not crossing a major motorway. What I saw absolutely destroyed me. There I am. Now, I'm I'm walking perfectly fine, you know? I'm I'm walking a bit like a crab, you know what I mean? Yeah, sideways. I'm going left, I'm going right, but I'm also going slightly at an angle, so I am slightly moving forward. I get to the road. This car slows down and stops. I cross the road and I wave and I thank the driver. Now, in my right hand, when I wave, I am holding the Holy Grail. So I'm looking at this thinking, right, I had it when I crossed the road. Yeah. The car then slowly comes up towards me. I can see and I wish, I wish CCTV had sound because I lean into the car 
we have a chat which goes on for about well i can tell you because i've got the time code here uh 67 seconds yeah i take my trousers off hand him the grail and he drives away yeah that is that's it so you know i zoomed in on the uh, on the car's uh number plate license plate and you know i've, I've had to track that guy down and what you called you called up the um what is the in this country the dvla i called the dvla i said look you're not going to believe this but i think last night on the a1 i gave uh someone driving a car the Holy Grail, and I don't know why, but I did take my trousers off for 10 seconds. They said, do you have the licence plate? I read it out, and they said, right, here's the address. All of this was very easy. I must say, to the council, to the DVLA, they were nothing but, you know, they didn't give me a, any trouble at all, which was amazing, really. So you got the information of where he lived, and was it was it far away from the village that you, you reside at? No, no, not at all. It was on my same, uh, same street. I've never actually, I've got, I live on a very long road, so, you know, I didn't really, uh, I didn't know who lived in the house, but I'd always walk past the house, wondering, you know, who lived there. You know when you walk past a big fancy house, and you think, my God, who could afford to live in a place like that? Well, this is the one on my street. Huge, massive gates outside, uh, you know, security all around the front door. How, you know, I thought, how am I going to get in? And sort of reviewing back the footage, you thought that you, what, that you would have to break into this house, that he wouldn't willingly give it back to you, that some arrangement had passed between you two that you weren't able to revoke. Well, if it is what the landlord was telling me it was, I thought this guy isn't going to give up the Holy Grail without fight. So I need to break into his house and get it before he realises, A, I'm in the house, because that's the first rule of uh, robbery, make sure they don't know you're there, and B before he realises maybe how much uh, the goblet is worth. And did you have any idea what the gentleman did then? Did you start doing some research, asking around the village if anybody knew him? I went to, uh, I went to this local cafe. Everyone knows the owner in there. Her name is Janie, a wonderful woman. And I said to her, look, do you know anything about the guy who lives across the road? And she went, oh, what? Um, the guy who wears the metal hat? And I was like, hmm, strange. <laughs> strange. That's piqued your interest, has it? I, I mean, I've got a few hats. I've got wicker. I've got uh, cotton mixed with polyester. Because otherwise, that yeah, that's that's my fault for, for for inviting an open-ended list of various materials. This particular gentleman has a metal hat. You have some hats, but what else did you find out from the cafe owner? He's got six brothers. They all wear metal hats. Right. But she can always hear them coming because they they make a lot of noise when they walk in. Heavy boots. Because their, ha because their hats are clanging, or, or is it because of their boots, sorry? I, I, I thought it was because of their hats, because, uh, you know, I'm sure a metal hat makes a lot of noise. Uh, but she said it was the boots, and now this is what got me. She said the chain mail. Now, I told her, we're going to have a long old summer. It's going to be hot. Are you telling me there's blokes walking around with metal hats, heavy boots, and chain mail? She went, that guy does, over there. I looked over... And I realised, my God, that guy is a knight. I think I see where this is going. These were the Knights Templar, the, the people that are instructed to try and guard the Grail. Six brothers. Knights. That all wear metal hats. Yeah, and boots and chain They all mail. lived in this very, very posh house. So for this particular knight who was in the in Janie's cafe, did you strike a conversation? Did you try and talk to him? No. <laughs> but the interesting thing, I was too distracted... When I got sent the CCTV footage 
by the number plate. All I was obsessed with was the number plate. And like I said, I was hungover. You've got to remember that. I went back to the CCTV. I'd had a, you know, I'd had a sweet tea. I was feeling a lot better. I looked at the footage. It wasn't a car. Right. This guy was on a horse. The Knights Templar pulled up on the A1 on a horse. Got the Holy Grail. Well, I didn't know it was a horse, did I? I mean, what horse has a bloody number plate on its tail? I, I ask you that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But so it was the Knights Templar that had obtained the Holy Grail uh, from you. And did you ever work out why you took your trousers down for a brief period? Well, no! To this day, I do not know... Why, also, I'm going to be honest, on the CCTV, the only thing illuminated is the licence plate. And I wish, and I don't want to be rude to the DVLA, but I do wish, when I called them and said, can you tell me what vehicle this number plate belongs to, I do wish they had clarified that... It was a horse. Jeffrey was not the name of a brand of car that I just hadn't heard of, but was the name of a sugar lump loving horse. (laughs) I thought Jeffrey was, I don't know, a, a new model of a Mercedes or something like that. The Mercedes Jeffrey. Yes. So, you know, I've got this footage of me staring in a horse's mouth, taking my trousers off and handing a goblet over to a bloke. Who is one of the Knights Templar? Well, Harry Hindsight's the biggest trader in town. I don't want to hear about him again. Harry Hindsight is the biggest trader in town. Also, you know, you know, you know, I, I, look, I looked that up after last week, and it's, that's not a saying. I can't find any reference to it anywhere. Well, then I'm going to make a lot of money being a very rich man, and when I walk around in my gold shoes and my gold metal hat, they will say, that man came up with the saying, Harry Hindsight. He's the biggest trader in town. And then I'll say, not anymore. It's me. (laughs) Yeah? I'll say, I'm the biggest trader in town. I don't think you can profit off idioms. Well, tell that to William Shakespeare. Fair enough. To clarify... Can I just also also say that, and again, it's only when I looked at the CCTV footage closer. Again, bearing in mind the the second time you reviewed it, you you saw a horse instead of a car. (laughs) So I'm I'm just... I'm sure that there's some fascinating revelation is going to happen on a third viewing. Well, no, no, I just, I just have to be clear with you. I don't want to come on here and bullshit you. I don't think you want to develop too much of a habit, given how tough sometimes these shows are to follow, to retrospectively <laughs> change evidence. But you're there, and just to take stock of the whole situation, you've lost the Holy Grail, uh, the Knights Templar have taken it over, and, and I, as I understand it, the legend is that they guard it 
anyway. Uh, so do you think that you need to get it back to give back to the landlord, or are you happy at being once again in their care? Well, I have to get it back. It, it's up to the landlord and the knight, uh, you know, to, to have it out. It's got nothing to do with me, this. This as, has got nothing to do with me. As far as you're concerned, you lost it, so you should at least give it back to the person who gave it to you. I'll put my hands up. I lost the thing. Yes, I lost it. I've got CCTV that proves it. But it's not mine to lose. So I went to the knight's house and had it out with him. What did you do? Just knocked on the door and asked for it back? How did that play out? Well, the problem I had is that, like I said, it's not just one knight. The guy's got six brothers. Sure. So I didn't know who I was talking to. You know, they all kind of look the same in, 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 the, in the regalia. Yeah, I can imagine that's quite confusing, but ultimately, does it really matter? Well, but yes, but I don't know which one's got the, uh, got the Holy Grail. Yeah, but my point is, does it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just have the conversation with one of them. Have you ever seen the magic trick with a ball and a cup? Yes, and I think I'm, I'm going to guess what you're going to say is that every time <laughs> the knights offered to hand it over, it would be under a different knight. Well, it was funny for an hour. <laughs> for an hour? It was funny. I, I, mean, I was laughing, because I swear to God, I thought it was under... It, I remember I said to him, I went, now how have you done that? So they'd stand on it, and then what? They'd all run around? Well, they're wearing cloaks, aren't they? They're wearing cloaks. Right. So one of them says, watch very carefully. He puts his cloak... He kind of squats over it, so you can't see his feet. And then the other five just run around him, and that you know, they all look the same. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to keep my eyes on the guy who ain't moving. But he starts shifting. Anyway, he lifts it up, it's gone. I'm like, bloody hell, who's got it? Who's got it? They're all laughing. We're getting on. Like I said, for the first hour, I'm enjoying this. As it went on, as the evening got on, I thought, um, this is killing me, guys. And they what? They just kept doing it? There was obviously no indication they were going to hand over this grail politely. They kept doing it, and the idea was to tire me out. So I, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> what, just in their driveway? The next morning, I wake up, and my head is heavy. Like, uh, my head is just like, I can't get my head off the pillow. Hang over again, or have you perhaps been encased in, in a knight's helmet? <laughs> They've put a helmet on right, my head. Have they? I look down, I'm wearing the heavy boots. I've got a metal hat on, I've got metal gloves on, chain mail. I've got the white sheets over me. You know, they've, they've done me up like a knight. Sure. They come in. Somebody brings me a full English. And uh, I sit up. That takes a long time. Mm. And uh, as I'm eating, I'm saying to him, why have you dressed me like this? And he went, you, uh, you are an owner of the Grail. This is what happens. If you own the Grail like this, you are now one of us. An honorary Knights Templar. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't really want to be one of you because the thing is, boys... I was completely twatted when I uh, handed it over to you. It's not actually mine. Mm. It's the landlord down at the old uh, Jim Field pub. Now, they didn't like this at all. And why were they so annoyed then? Because they revere the Grail so much that for you to have just had it in passing was an affront to them? Or they were annoyed that the landlord had had it? Or that you just used it as a receptacle for cheese and onion crisps and then licked it? <laughs> yeah, they were annoyed about all of those things. They, they were really not a happy group. Um... It was a bit like, you know, take that. You know, when Robbie got a bit too big for his boots and then there was a... Fo- it was a I could just sense it was a bit of a boy band dynamic. Um, they'd released a couple of albums. 
one of them was more popular with uh, the ladies than the others, and I could just tell there was a divide. Sorry, are we still talking about Take That Now, or did the Knights release an album? The Knights, yeah, the Knights released an album. Uh, choral music, but... Yes, we're juggling quite a few narrative balls, so maybe we'll just sort of skip over the music career of these Knights and get back to how you're going to solve this tricky issue of you feeling compelled to get the Holy Grail back to the landlord, but the Knights Templar simply refusing to give it up. Well, they want to they wanna have a word with the landlord. They all leave, and they think I'm following them. And I'm thinking to myself, hang on a minute. They're all going to the Jimfield pub. They've left me alone. In their big house. I'm going to get the here. I'm going to go and find the grail. Yeah. So I went back in. Now, the security don't stop me. The uh, so there's, quite, there's quite a lot of staff then looking after this, this big Loads house. of staff. No, they all just say good evening to me because I'm, I, they, look, they think I'm one of the knights. Oh, yeah, of course you're still dressed up. So I go into the, the gold room and there on a, a red velvet cushion is... You know, still to me looks like a bit of Tupperware on a on a on a on a plinth. Yeah, and it's the Holy Grail. I pick up the Holy Grail. An alarm has gone off in the room. This sets off my alarms. Now that alarm is five dBs. I should have done this initially, but I'm actually quite keen to see how that a foul five dB sound is. I didn't realise I'd ever have to use these alarms uh, in a, a robbery situation. This uh, Grail is completely rattling around in my hand. So much so that it completely breaks into. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what I didn't realise at the time was that the other six also had alarms in their helmets that if the grail was ever touched or broken, it would send an alarm to them and they would come I, back. I, I obviously don't want to interrupt uh, this story too much because it feels like we're getting to some sort of conclusion. But I just want to let you know that a website I've just found suggests that oh, a quiet whisper at a library at six foot away is 30 dB. <laughs> Normal conversation at three foot is about 60 dB, and a telephone dial tone is 80. Anyway, back to the story. Just everyone in their heads recalibrate this as happening very, very quietly. Well, I mean, to me, that's loud, okay? Sure. I'm in the gold room. Yeah. I've got the Holy Grail broken in two in my hands. You know, apparently Jesus drank from this cup. This is an important thing. The Knight Templar, they're coming back at speed. They burst in. Now, remember, I look like them. So I just think, right, I'm going to play them at their own game. I know what makes them laugh. I know how they pass the time. I stand up, I put the goblet under my uh, blouse, and I squat over. They immediately, you know, like Pablo's dog, they immediately do the same thing. I tell them, right, who's the goblet under? Yeah. They all start laughing because they're like, well, it's under you, isn't it? Yeah. I lift up my blouse. It's disappeared. Sure. What they didn't know is that I had basically shoved my left arm underneath my blouse. Now, they didn't see that because, remember, I'm wearing the metal gloves. Yeah. So they can't tell. I don't think we need a blow-by-blow account of this. Some sleight of hand occurred and the, the grail was not where they thought it was. No. No. So they all then lift their blouses. Yeah, to, to show that it's not under there. Gone. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're looking at each other like, bloody hell, we can't have lost it again. What I was going to say, actually... If their sole role is to look after the Holy Grail, why was it in the possession of a landlord for some yeah, time? Yeah, well, they're not very good. They're not very good. Do you know how they lost it the first time? They got smashed in the pub. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. They apparently uh, they went to find the Holy Grail. They found it. They went to celebrate. Let's go to a pub. They found the Jim Field pub. They went in there. They had a merry old time. Uh, they went back to the castle. They'd completely forgotten where they'd been the day before. And uh, the landlord just kept it because he said... 
it looks quite nice, and it's perfect for crisps. Mm, yes. So he'd had it for about six months. So we're all looking at each other, and they're saying, uh, they're like, can't believe this has happened again. Like, you know, and they're blaming each other. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. As they're arguing, I slip away. You've got the Holy Grail in your possession, hidden from the Knights Templar, and you, what, you sneak out? I sneak out, I drive back to the pub, I jump out in the Knights gear. Everyone's screaming, they're like, Christ Almighty, who's this? I take off the helmet, it's me, don't worry about it. I run into the, uh, I run into the landlord. The landlord, he can't, he spins, uh, about uh, 190 degrees, this guy. Well, what are you, what are you talking about? He was facing slightly away from you, and then turned round to face you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he can't turn left. So, obviously, for most people, it'd be easy if you could turn Just left. the 170 degrees remaining. He, he, yeah, he, he'd love to be able to do that, but he can only turn right. So he had right. to take the long way round, sadly. I said to him, I brought back your crisp holder. He welled up. He was like, do you know what? I loved serving crisps in this. Where did you find it? And I said, uh, Barry? That was his name. How long you got? And he said, uh, well, uh, I'm actually closing. So just, you know, where'd you get it? And I said, all right, um, I gave it to a bloke on a horse. Yeah, we, we've just, we've, you've just told us the whole story. We don't need you to repeat that. <laughs> they live at the castle. They live at a big house. They're still looking for it because they thought it was in my pants. Yeah, you've come back um, to the gym field to give it back to Barry. Yeah, and do you know what he did? He opened a bag of crisps. Yeah. He pulled it into the, uh, into the goblet. I said, thank you, Barry. And uh, I got absolutely... You had a lock-in. <laughs> I got steaming. And I said, Barry, I've actually grown quite accustomed to that cup. Can I have it? And uh, I lost it again. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know where it's gone. I can't, This thing is... Uh, it's the devil's drink. That is what I blame it on. It's the devil's drink. It's got nothing to do with me. If there's a word of advice I'll give you, is if you're given something as precious as the Holy Grail or the Crown Jewels, do not celebrate, because the Holy Grail has been lost. What I know... Uh, well, at least three times in this story alone. <laughs> at least three times in the past year by the people that found it, celebrating that they'd found it. Do you think you'll go and try and find the Holy Grail again, or you'll think you'll just leave it where it is now, wherever that may be? No, I, I think I'm going to be a new branch of the Knights Templar. A rivalry, if you will, to the other six. I am going to uh, create my own um, brand, if you like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I will um, tomorrow be announcing uh, Knights Templar 2.0. Uh, I've bought a horse, beautiful looking thing, and once I've got that uh, trained, because at the moment, uh, you know, it is a circus horse, so... So so what? It can't run, uh, but it could launch himself out of a cannon. Well, we look forward to hearing more about the incredible work of Knights Templar 2.0. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening to me, and God bless you. Well, that's what we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme tune was by Nikki Green. Follow our Twitter account, at Microscope Fun, for details of various bits and pieces that we're doing. Next episode, I'll be talking to someone that barely escaped the chaotic opening of the Dinosaur Carnival. What were they thinking? But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.